better. <laughs> Bro, I feel like if more people grilled, they like, would. It's more sustainable and eating grilled food. Hundred percent. So much tastier. And it's cleaner. Like you just, it's you, it's like you don't have to clean up the stovetop and the skillet. Like it's clean. It's a, it's a clean process. And then you gotta end up taking pride in being a good grill person. 100%. A grill bro. master. I'm Googling. I got the temperature stick in there, making yeah. sure the steak is right. Like, I'm turning it. I'm finding the areas on the on the barbecue where it's hotter than others to change it. It's that grill game, man. Yeah, bro. I'll cut up a steak. I'll be like, Kimmy, look at this steak. Like, that, just... That's a freaking steak. <laughs> How do you like your meat? How do you like this steak? Steak, medium rare. Medium rare. But, like, burgers, they got to be a little more well done for me. Yeah, because, man, that blood starts to come out. Not on a like, burger. I like red, but it just can't leak red, right? Yeah. So, like, how do you like your, your burgers? You like them? Yeah, pretty well done. I'm not pretty well not like, like crispy on the outside. A little red is okay. It's just uh, with the burgers, I do find if you don't cook them well like that, it seeps blood, and that's just gross to me. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm a vampire dog. Like, I want to... Or the, the thing you're eating still mooing. Yeah. You hear your steak mooing. Yeah, no, no, I can't do that. <clears throat> let's start this. Frequently asked questions. We just put this blog post up and the idea was, listen, these are common answers that we're getting. They're going to constantly come up. And if we can help them navigate and not give them a perfect answer, but to provide an answer that gets them thinking a little bit better, I think we'll have better success with our uh, our members answering these questions for themselves. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's not so black and white, right? It's kind of, you know, there's not one size fits all for nutrition. It's kind of us basically answering their questions to a base of our capabilities and getting that point across. It's like, hey, you know, you got to f- do some digging. You got to do some research. You got to find out what works for you. And then you got to be able to apply it once you apply it, you got to be able to sustain it. And that's how the Golden Pyramid came about. It was, let's just, they're not perfect answers. The Golden Pyramid is not giving you a perfect answer. It's helping you navigate the question according to the tier and then being able to answer it that way. Because what we find is that there's really only two main goals for any diet question is, will this help me uh, for weight management? The majority of people are using weight management for weight loss. Some people are looking for weight gain. And then the other uh, factor is, will this help me as an athlete? So when we answer questions, I'm thinking, is this individual asking me because of weight management issues? Or are they asking me because they truly believe it can help them as an athlete? Yeah, it's based on what their specific goals are. And it's up to us to kind of, you know, reinforce that, hey, what is your goal? You know, and then in regards to nutrition, every decision they make to eat what they decide to eat is either getting them towards their goals or taking them a step away from their goals. 100%. And I think uh, for whatever answer we give today, there's somebody on the internet telling you the complete opposite. So I think uh, whatever people decide, they just need to take a stance on it and not just believe it to believe it, but take a stance, follow through on it a little bit and see how you respond. Because uh, the facts never lie. If somebody's getting a result through something they are following, then we know it works for them. Uh, but the reason most of this stuff doesn't stick, it's not sticky for people because they never give it enough time. Yeah, it's based on a trial and error you know, stage. You, you know, everyone sees these quick fixes, these fad diets on the internet, but you, know, you have to kind of introduce something to your lifestyle based on your schedule, based on you know, what you have access to to cook it with, and then see if it works, you know, like a trial and error. Um, and then most importantly, it's something that you can do 
you know, for a long time because, yep. you know, it's part of the question on here. I don't want to get, you know, ahead of the game, but, you know, basically if you can kind of find something that works and then just milk it, you know, keep rolling with it and then do it until it stops working, yeah, basically. For sure. And diet is not sustainable. And we tell people that, like, sometimes this is not practical, but neither is dieting. So once we get to a position where we believe, like, you refine your practices as an athlete or you refined uh, what you do for to be able to control your weight and be at a weight that you're happy with, then you can veer a little bit here and there uh, depending on what the next goal is. Because once you reach a goal, there's always a new goal, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a new horizon. Uh, and that's what we want them uh, to understand is that what are we trying to do for your current goal? And once we get there, what's the next goal? Is it, hey, I lost five pounds and now I want to lose another five? Or I'm happy with the five-pound weight loss, now how do I manage it? Yeah, it's it's basically taking from the short-term stuff, making it into the long-term stuff, the long-term goals. So let's start with these questions. Number one, uh, there's 10 questions. This will probably turn into uh, two parts uh, just because we have so much good stuff to give. But uh, let's start it out. I'm new to this whole nutrition thing. Where do I start? That's a frequently asked question that we get, especially for new members. And one of the things that I try to guide them uh, is through our basic understanding of nutrition at, at its core, the protocols that we know and understand, and that's where the nutrition protocol comes from. Yeah, basically, I first the first thing I do is I ask them where they're at now. You know, hey, give me a sample day on what you're eating right now. You know, what'd you eat yesterday? And they'll go on and you know tell me what they ate, and then I'll give my opinion. And you know, nine times out of ten, it's like, hey, let's start small, make a minor adjustment. Mm. You know, take out this soda you drink for lunch and throw in just water and you know that's my first go-to is start small you know don't go basically the term is cold turkey you know you can't go from not working out at all to eating fast food three times a day seven days a week to eating chicken and broccoli and training seven days straight yeah it's not sustainable because it's a it's a huge change in life like you got to change your whole life around to be able to accommodate this new uh, this new way of being. So I agree. I think that small changes uh, create the the greatest growths. But I think what you try to do is what what I hear is like that's like in just through the application standpoint. And I feel like your point is, hey, this is where you should start. Like you're kind of putting them on track to follow these guidelines. My opinion was through application. But yeah, go ahead. No, and, and what you're saying is let's apply some better habits. And the first habit we created with uh, the golden pyramid of nutrition is eat real food. So your example is a guy's eating diet soda or so he's drinking soda. And we want to stop getting them from drinking soda because it's processed. There's too much chemicals in it. Uh, let's get away from soda because you want them getting into real food. And so basically you're, you're trying to improve the quality, which is tier one for us, is real food is about quality. Can we get somebody to understand what good quality food is? Yeah, and then it's up to them to kind of understand what real food actually is. You know, a good example we always go back to is, you know, the outer part of the grocery store. You know, uh, paleo, you know, we got that uh, later in the combo. But, you know, it just, yeah, that, that's the first part is narrow down to quality of food. You know, get out, get away from the stuff that you're eating from a box that doesn't expire until 2030 and get to something a meat or a vegetable that goes bad yeah so i think we need to deal with people's quality which moves to our second question is what's the best diet to follow and for me that the answer is it depends right Mm -hmm. 
are you asking again it comes back to really only two categories goals. of people goals. what are your goals is it a weight management issue which for the majority of our kind of members it is because they come to us with uh with with a lack of any type of fitness lifestyle they don't exercise or they don't do it well enough to see results and they really don't think about nutrition a lot so most of them are coming for weight management they want to lose weight there are some individuals that are just tend to have uh genetics for being real skinny and they're actually looking to gain weight and build strength but for the majority of individuals coming as a new member they're looking to lose weight so for them we want to keep it simple we want them to eat real food and follow through on a protocol for 30 60 90 days you keep following it until it keep, and, until it stops working yeah i feel like if you can find something that falls under that quality food that whole foods and just eat it a lot you know you don't have to get fancy if yeah. you find something you like you know, like a, maybe a grilled chicken or, you know, lean ground beef or something like that. You like that? Dude, eat it, eat it and eat it and eat it. Eat it six, seven days straight. And then if you get sick of it, then switch it up. It's kind of, you know, the best diet to follow is one that is sustainable, mm. one that you enjoy, one that's not making you miserable. You know, a perfect example, if you find someone that's dieting and they're in a shitty mood, you think they're going to be able to follow that diet much longer? They're not. And, and that's... Um what I call the magic pill, people lose weight on these crappy diets, but because they hate it so bad, they can't last long enough to actually sustain those results. And uh, that's unfortunate. For me, if someone's asking me that question, what's the best diet to follow? I also, I, I, can, I know a lot about someone about someone's nutritional uh, lifestyle by their current body fat, right? So if uh, a male comes to me at 25% or higher, I can guarantee they're not eating consistent real food the majority of the time. For us, majority is 80%. I know you, you're you up to 90, you've quoted 99% of your food is coming uh, through real food. For females, 30% or above. People can get, at that body composition and above, they can get amazing results at literally eating just the majority, 80% or above, coming from real food. Yeah, you can kind of get a good idea on where this individual stands based on, like you just said, their body fat percentage. Um, and just based on that, uh, you know, obligation, like that's how you give your advice based on where they stand right there at that time, and, you know, time and place. But, you know, you got someone that's flowing around 10 to 15 percent body fat. You can kind of throw, you know, a more strategic uh, strategy on, you know, approaching this diet stuff and they'll probably pick it up a little bit better because they're they, you know, establish that they have that knowledge base already on what this whole nutrition thing is all about. Yeah, it's not a coincidence they're at 10 to 15% body fat. They have they make choices naturally to keep them there. It's why I say there's a reason why skinny people are skinny. They mm -hmm. make choices that are natural, that are unnatural for people that are overweight. Uh, when deciding between uh, eating a second plate or not, they don't. Deciding between the salad or the cake, they choose the salad. Uh, they're not hungry, so they skip a meal, they skip a meal. Like Those things they do naturally where some of us sometimes have to really think about that. Now, what what's the best diet to follow for an athlete? Now, you said we can geek out about this a little bit more. What are some other things that we can consider for them outside of just real food? Uh, you can count your calories. You know, uh, I feel like if you're pretty happy of where you stand body fat percentage wise, and you're trying to you know increase your performance, then hey, maybe let's evaluate to get you eating more. You know, kind of getting that calorie surplus, so to speak, and uh, you know, strictly in mind to keep you getting stronger to to get to move faster and 
in order to do that, you're going to have to fuel your body properly with uh, nutrition. Yeah, these these individuals are athletes. They're training a lot. They're putting a lot of time into training. If uh, a lot of these athletes tend to undereat, they just don't think about it enough because they're constantly training or not hungry. We got to get these individuals to eat. Uh, you know, and you just ask them how they feel. Like, how do you feel after, you know, three days straight of training? Or you feel like, you know, you're kind of growing, um, you know, recovering properly? Or do you feel like beat up, you know, barely getting out of bed? If you're, you know, training hard and you're eating not to fuel that performance, you're going to feel beat up, you're going to feel sore, you're going to feel achy, you know, and it's, it's up to us to have that conversation with them to say, hey, let's up the calories, just eat a little bit more and I guarantee you'll recover a little bit better. I love it. That's our tier two. Like, let's get them to track calories because no matter who you ask, no matter what you ask, when you ask them how their diet is going, they're going to say good. That means absolutely nothing no, to you us need some feedback. outside of eating real food. They need to track because it's it's data. The data never lies, I say. And, and I think the other thing we can advance that conversation if they're tracking consistently, but really they're looking for an edge. Uh, I, I think a small edge can come through uh, macros and, and covering different macro protoc protocols, whether it's a keto diet, which is real trendy right now, which I... Uh, I try to veer the conversation away from because uh, I think it's really technical uh, and very difficult to live in that. It's extreme. It, yeah, it's, it's a, very extreme. It's an extreme macro diet. We have uh, the Atkins diet, which is is a really good base to start with. It's uh, it stands at forty percent carbs, thirty percent protein, thirty percent fat. We have high carb, low carb. I think people can mess around with those when they're at that level, that ten to fifteen percent body fat. I think that's a great uh, tier for them to follow as well. Yeah, and it, like it comes down to based on their knowledge on uh, you know. Like, are you knowledgeable enough to mess with your macronutrients? It's a good one. Or it's like... If, they, if you ask them, what is a macro, and they don't know the answer... No, they shouldn't be counting they macros. They shouldn't be then. doing macros. I agree 100%. Because I, that individual probably doesn't know what real food is. And that's really the main issue. It's not whether they know macros or not. It's not, do you know what real food is? Like, can we define that for you? Yeah, and then another point is, you know, someone's scrolling down Instagram, and you got some of these, these very lean... Uh, players in the fitness industry that are probably either on steroids or genetic freaks that they're you know eating a freaking chocolate cake and it yeah. says it fits my macros yeah. and then it's misinforming like the average you know uh, gym goer saying hey this person ate just a cake you know because it fit right. in their macronutrients so right. let, let's let's try to eat some cake and I'm, that's good but they don't realize that they actually track their macros and their calories on a daily basis that's not what they're selling they're selling i get to eat a donut today i get to eat what i and want they got six pack abs eight pack abs i agree and that's dangerous and i think these are the the kind of questions and issues we're filtering through our clients as they come in yeah i feel like at the end of the day that's what these people want to hear they want to be able to eat hey i can lose weight and you know eat terrible food i feel like a lot of these people are failing to to recognize that you know if they're eating that cake they probably you know have all their quality food down to a t already and and then you know it's fitting around their structure no i know they do because it's why mm -hmm. they look that way a hundred percent but it's hard to sell that to somebody when when the 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 feed keeps showing up on their feed or they're on roids maybe yeah too. for sure i mean and uh you have to acknowledge that or the guy who's endorsing a supplement that you know they're only taking it or not even taking it endorsing it because they're getting paid for it mm -hmm. and those are the ones that I get re that really uh, uh, throw me off against the individual as an athlete as a person is do they really believe in that supplement or are they selling it to you because they they're getting endorsed they're, they're getting 
uh, paid for it. And uh, that's it's a t- it's a it's something that I think we need to teach individuals. Like they need to ask that questions for themselves when they when these things come up on their yeah. Feet. Is that is that a trusted source? Is that a trusted source? Because that's terrible, man. I I could never personally try to sell something I didn't believe in. It, it is terrible, that, and I think people that's give that unethical. Up. It's unethical. It is unethical. It's greedy. People are just doing it for the money, obviously. But we see that because we've been doing this for so long. We just got to get people to understand that, right? Because they want a black and white answer. They want the magic pill. They want the magic protocol. But uh, that's not how it works. And then if we can get that through the brain, that's not how this works. Like this Mm -hmm. is how it really works. I think that they'll find more patience as we right as we get them through a protocol that will get results. It's incremental, but it's logical and smart. But, you know, uh, you got to sell that first, right? Um, Should I avoid carbs? Should I avoid carbs? Uh, It depends. It it does, based on the goals. Again, if we, like, if I had to categorize it is, are you avoiding carbs because you feel like it's making you gain weight? Or should I avoid carbs or consume carbs because it can help me as an athlete? And those are a lot of the ways I veer the conversation. So from someone who says, should I avoid carbs in total? I would say no. But I would say, are you are you a over consumer of carbs in that it, it you eat it unnecessarily? Then I would say then we need to detail what you're doing a little bit better. Like you said, give me a give me a day, right? And they track the day, and you look at it, and it's bread pizza. and and pizza and sandwiches and uh, rice all day. Like yeah, they're probably over consuming. Could we by doing nothing more than removing one of those categories of carbs or grains, they'll see great results. But it's hard to answer when we don't have any real data to follow that up with. Yeah, and then you can kind of go on based how you feel. You know, some people respond to, to higher fat diets, lower carb diets. Some people respond better to higher carb, lower fat diets. And like you just said, it kind of comes back down to your goals. You know, in regards to performance, you know, I feel like, you know, it's safe to say if you want to perform a little bit better, you should probably increase your carbs a little bit more. A hundred percent. And the easiest way to do that is because we're a little bit more advanced with them. We are tracking their macros. We can put them on 40% carbs and see how they respond through a normal training, a week cycle of training. Uh, if they feel like they're tired at later, later into their workouts, later into the week, then let's up it. Let's up it five or 10% the following week and let's see how they respond. Respond. There, There is a maximal. There's a moment where it causes bloating or uh, it might cause them to gain weight because right? The more they up a macro, the higher calories are taking in. Then let's, let's have that conversation, but let's give it time to do its job as well. Yeah. And then on the complete opposite on under the spectrum, you got someone that wants to lose weight. So they, you know, got carbohydrate deprived for a little bit. They went six, seven days of no carbs and they're seeing these results, but now all of a sudden they're starting to feel beat up. Mm -hmm. They're not recovering. They're not training. Uh, So it's like, Hey, let's, you know, kind of reintroduce these, you know, carb is not the enemy, but you know, and they could be scared hey you know i got all this success from not eating carbs but you know it's safe to say there's not one macronutrient that your body can be deprived completely of and be able to sustain that you know and that falls hand in hand with carbohydrates no i believe it i believe it so the purpose is is uh should i remove carbs for weight management and what that what does it look like and should i remove carbs or add carbs according to performance and i think that's how individuals should answer that question um, so yeah, you shouldn't avoid carbs. I don't think so at all. It goes back to 
me yeah. really staying away from that keto diet. It's not it's not a susta- sustainable like we we're not cavemen anymore. Like I I hate that argument. Like well, cavemen did it. Like the people in the Arctic did it. Like no, we don't live in the Arctic. Like this mm-hmm. is this is our current lifestyle. This is the new way of life. And how do we adjust that accordingly? No, that's good. Uh, next one. Should I avoid grains? It depends. <laughs> it depends. Well, listen, like it goes back to like people want me to give them the answer. And so usually it says it depends. First of all, what the hell is a grain? So if I could define grain under this umbrella, so you have grain and under the umbrella, for me, grain falls under uh, bread, rice, pasta, bread, rice, pasta, and any of those derivatives that come out of it, right? So should people avoid that? I don't know. Why are you Why are you asking? You mm-hmm. feel like it's making you go, gain weight, or do you feel like it's causing, uh, you know, inflammatory responses? Are you getting hives when you eat these types of food? Why are you asking me whether or not you should eat grains? Yeah, I feel like uh, the whole conversation of grains kind of became viral. You know, not too long ago, you know, everyone's kind of popping up with this yep. gluten intolerance. Yep. Yep. You know, and at the end of the day, like. What is gluten? You know, it's a, it's a form of grain. It's a form of wheat. So, you know, studies are starting to show, like, if you have a gluten intolerance and you're consuming grains, you are having negative side effects. For sure. And I, I want to be careful for people that self-diagnose that. You can go in any city, in any town, and for 50 to 100 bucks, get a gluten intolerance test or... Uh, you know, a test that will tell you what food you're intolerant to and which ones are you not. And it's a quick panel. Uh, it's simple to do. And I think that's where people should start with this question. Are we doing it from a health perspective or do we feel like grains is causing you an excess load of uh, calories? I know this, that grains typically are calorically dense and nutritionally deficient. It's calorically dense. It maintains a lot more calories per per gram than uh let's say a fruit right Mm -hmm. so i think when we're looking from a weight management perspective if someone's looking to to this is why the paleo works so well one of the things they demonize grains they think it's the devil it's devil incarnate they tell you not to touch it with the 10-foot pole and the reason people get to me my belief is the reason people get so much great results is because they remove the grains that drastically reduces the amount of calories coming in through their diet. So if 60% of your food is coming through those three grains, bread, rice, and pasta, and you immediately take that out, you've drastically reduced your caloric intake without even thinking about it. And that's why they're getting great results. So some people looking to lose weight uh, can go that, but for us, we believe maybe taking all three of those groups out is pretty much cold turkey. It's really hard to do. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's safe to say you're eating grains probably purely for taste. You know, like you just said, there's not really nutritional value. And, uh, you know, it basically depends on that that person. You know, if you're having that conversation, hey, let's remove grains, you know, they're understanding why we're going to remove them. Um, Yeah, like there's not too much nutritional value and it's really just eating for taste. What? uh, Now, I also say like, I'm Cuban. Don't let this beautiful blue eyes, light skin fool you. I'm Cuban and I swear to God, I was eating rice in my mother's womb. Like, uh, I have to have rice once a day. It's like, it's part emotional attachment. It's part, uh, part feels good. It's part, uh, 
Like, it's just the way I've been for a really long time. And I don't get any negative results from rice. The only time I remove rice is like you said, is like, I'm just eating too much of this rice and I'm, I'm looking to kind of bring my weight down a little bit. That's why I remove it. But it, like, I'm not gonna say any of these things are terrible for people if they don't know how their body responds to it. It'd be ignorant to say, stop touching grains for the rest of your I life. I feel like you can kind of categorize uh, types of grains, you know? If you eat rice, I feel like you're not gonna have a negative side effect than you would if you were to eat bread or pizza. You know, I feel like you can kind of put, you know, cat categorize these type of grains. And for example, you compare rice to bread, you know, totally different, totally different. You know, I feel like personally, if I eat bread uh, that it sits on me, I don't digest it well. I'll, you know, be full. I'll be bloated. But if I, I could eat, a, you know, put down a bunch of rice and I'm not going to have that same bloating feeling. Well, so you can kind of put these under categories. And, and you said it perfectly. Uh, you respond differently. Most people asking us don't even know how they respond to these types of grain. So they need to know how they respond naturally as an athlete and as a person trying to lose weight. Cool. Uh and that's the end of part one. We'll come back next week and ask questions like, will eating at night make me fat? Does the paleo diet live up to a type? And does sleep deprivation cause weight gain? Catch you here next week. Thanks, guys.